0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's periodical podcast. We are going to discuss the content in this week's periodical titled Setbacks in Solar Energy from COVID-19 that we just released this past Wednesday, August 5th. It's crazy to think it's already August. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm joined by the host of the rest of Rare Petros podcast, Tavis. What's up? And we're excited to bring you yet another episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Last week we discussed how clean renewable energy truly is. We are going to kind of travel along the same lines today to discuss how one sector in particular has been affected by the global pandemic. As all of you very well know, the effects of global shutdowns due to the coronavirus pandemic are far-reaching and unrelenting. Although the renewable energy sector has seen extraordinary growth year after year for the past 20 years, growth is looking to level off in 2020 due to COVID-19. But that does not mean it's going to be flat for the foreseeable future. Luckily, the outlook remains positive and it appears that growth in the solar sector has merely been put on pause, causing a small delay to anticipated growth. According to the International Energy Agency, solar power was the second fastest growing renewable source after wind in 2019 and will remain a major driver as the world continues to transition away from fossil fuels towards renewable energy sources. Much like the oil and gas industry, and many other sectors of the economy, solar energy development was stunted by the coronavirus, resulting in operating changes in the business model to restore growth. While two decades of growth in the solar energy sector has been halted by the pandemic, the outlook for the
1: future remains positive. But before we begin to investigate solar's altered growth trajectories as a result of the global pandemic, an overview of the sector must first be covered. Solar panels utilize semiconducting materials to harness energy from sunlight and convert it to electricity that can be stored. The three major types of solar cells used to capture light are monocrystalline, polycrystalline, and thin film. Monocrystalline and polycrystalline panels are both made from wafers of silicon framed together in rectangular housings covered with a glass sheet. The composition of silicon varies between the two because monocrystalline is cut from a single crystal of silicon, while polycrystalline is created by melting, then molding the fragments of silicon crystals. Thin-film solar panels are most commonly made from cadmium telluride, amorphous silicon, or copper indium gallium selenide placed between two transparent conducting layers of material with electrodes to capture electricity. The majority of residential and commercial solar panels are made from either monocrystalline or polycrystalline materials for several reasons. Monocrystalline are the most efficient and long-lasting solar cells with a current maximum efficiency in 2020 of 22.6%. But they are also the most expensive, because during the manufacturing process they are cut from that single crystal of silicon. Polycrystalline solar panels generally have an efficiency of 14 to 16%, and as a result require much more surface area for the same energy generation, but they are cheaper to manufacture. Thin solar panels are much less expensive to produce, can be flexible, and can handle higher temperatures, but require a lot of space to be efficient and degrade much faster than the other two types. We must also distinguish
0: between commercial or industrial solar projects and residential installation. The commercial and industrial solar projects tend to be much larger with additional permitting, design work, area footprint, and overall cost. Although the panels are larger and cost more because they use 96 cells per panel instead of the 72-cell residential standard, they are more efficient and generate a lower cost per watt. The size and scope of a residential installation is much smaller, so it can generally be designed and built for less in a shorter time frame. Residential panels can also be leased from a utility company or owned outright by the homeowner. The major difference between these two options is whether the tax incentives go to the homeowner or the utility provider. So, Tavis, did you know that Colorado has some of the best solar incentive and rebates around the country?
1: I did not know that. I really only know that California said, from here on out, you have to include it. But what does Colorado give you for solar panels? Well, I got some facts for you. Thanks
0: to some helpful Colorado tax breaks for solar, you won't have to pay the government anything for your new solar panels. First and foremost, the sales and use tax exemption for renewable energy equipment. That's kind of a mouthful means that you won't have to pay any sales tax on the purchase of your system. In addition, the property tax exemption for residential renewable energy equipment keeps you from having to pay any additional taxes on an increased value of your house. Furthermore, there are also rebates anywhere from $400 to $4,500, depending on where you live, for the installment costs. And this is all in addition to the federal tax incentives that are already across the entire country which is just one of the many ways Colorado is incentivizing individuals to help move the centennial state towards clean energy, towards a clean
1: energy future. That's fantastic because all of those rebates adding up and uh, tax incentives really lower the overall cost of the project. Of course, you've got a bunch of capital up front, but if they can do that, I mean, that's what it is. It's an incentive. It's going to get more people to do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, you know, your electricity bill month after month is going to be a little bit lower. Plus, it kind of gives you that, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach for for doing the right thing. But another question I've got for you is, do you know anyone with solar panels on their roof
1: or anything like that? I don't know many people because I'm a young guy, but my dad does have a friend, uh, one of his friends from the military, Dr. Fishbacher. He's one of the only people I know that both drive a Tesla and power it with clean, renewable energy. I mean, because most of the people plug it into their wall and it goes and generates from whatever city utilities have. But he actually has solar panels on his roof. Great property. And it, it hasn't paid himself off yet. But maybe that warm, fuzzy feeling you were mentioning makes it all worth it, along with the increased property value, of course. There you go. And and where does this guy live? Oh, out in Iowa somewhere, I think. So plenty of sunshine out there makes it pretty much worth it? Yeah. There's only two people in the house, so he actually generates enough electricity to run all of his appliances, charge everything, and still sell energy back to the city at the end of the month. That's pretty impressive. All right. Well, enough on
0: Colorado tax breaks and people we know with solar panels. Let's talk about solar growth prior to Corona. So prior to the pandemic that shut down global economies for months on end, the solar power generation sector was experiencing spectacular growth. Since 2016, solar power generation has represented approximately 30% of new U.S. electric generation capacity, with an estimated 34% growth experienced in 2019 alone. In fact, by the end of 2019, global photovoltaic installations reached 627 gigawatt direct current an additional increase of 115 gigawatt direct current from 2018. What is even more impressive is that the EIA estimates the share of electricity generation from renewable sources will double within the next 30 years. While solar is still behind wind and hydroelectric in terms of electricity generation market share, it is the sector experiencing the biggest increases in growth and will dominate the market by mid-century. Furthermore, by 2050, the EIA expects renewables will account for more electricity generation than natural gas,
1: and this growth will be fueled by the solar sector. And still, the electricity generation mix continues to experience a rapid rate of change, with renewables as the fastest-growing source of electricity generation through 2050. This is because of continuing declines in the capital costs for solar and wind that are further supported by federal tax credits and higher state-level renewable targets. Solar energy grew by leaps and bounds in the past decade, with installations growing sixfold in just nine years. The reason? No other electricity generation technologies have been able to keep up with solar's pace of technology advancement and resulting cost reduction over the past decade. Multi silicon solar module prices dropped from over $2 per watt in 2010 to just over 20 cents per watt in quarter three of 2019, a 90% price reduction. With technological advancements and more availability for solar panel placement, the sector has experienced incredible growth and will continue to be the sector that propels the renewable energy industry to new heights. So it seems like BQ, you
0: know, before quarantine, (laughs) the sector was experiencing some pretty impressive growth. I'm just impressed with the fact that 30% of new generation came from these renewable sources, and then 30% of that came in 2019, with a huge portion of that
1: coming from solar panels. That's pretty impressive. That's insane. And I know we're getting to low, low numbers in terms of costs, but in 10 years, going from $2 to 20 cents, that blows my mind. It makes me excited for the next 10 years. We'll see where this takes us. Unfortunately, like many industries worldwide, The global pandemic has halted the progress of solar capacity in the renewable energy industry. In mid-January, the EIA forecasted an addition of 13.5 gigawatts to the solar capacity in the United States for 2020, almost doubling the previous single-year high in 2016 of 8 gigawatts. Projects in Texas, California, Florida, and South Carolina made up for more than half of the utility scale solar capacity additions, while residential and commercial renewable projects were also set to see new highs from more affordable, efficient solar photovoltaic and rooftop systems hitting the market. But with little domestic containment on the pandemic, the United States has ramped up preventative measures resulting in most new construction projects being put on hold indefinitely. Among them are many renewable energy developments, including those for the solar sector. At the beginning of
0: July, the solar company Sunrun Incorporated announced it would be acquiring its competitor, Viviant Solar Incorporated because, quote, the merger will allow them to cut operating costs and leverage complementary sales strategies, end quote. This all-stock transaction is valued at $1.6 billion, excluding Viviant' Solar debt. Although 2020 was thought to be a booming year for renewable energy, the recent outbreak is infecting the energy industry with uncertain skepticism. Before the spread of COVID-19, Analysts had predicted that global solar demand would grow 14 to 22 percent from 2019 to 2020. Analysts have since revised their 2020 global projections over the past month to be 13 to 19 percent below their previous projections, which would basically keep global demand relatively flat for 2020. The second quarter solar development losses, just second quarter, are the equivalent to powering 288,000 homes and are worth an estimated $3.2 billion in economic investments.
1: I don't know if any of your research got into this, but is there projected to be an increased incentive after this? Are more people wanting to be self-reliant and have home battery systems with solar panels on top? Well, the only problem is, as I'm sure you can imagine, here during the
0: pandemic, you know, residential, you know, individuals are really trying to rein in that spending. Um, So I'm sure that there are going to be future incentives um, down the road to try and, you know, prop up this industry. But as of right now, I I really haven't seen
1: anything. While the projection does seem grim, the outlook remains positive. The stalled growth of the industry is just that. The projects have simply been put on hold. Even though this pandemic will undoubtedly influence the market and the short-term clean energy goals of many countries, demand for renewable energy is still up. Most analysts see demand rebounding in 2021 to approximately the same values as they had previously predicted for that year, which is significantly above 2019 installations as clean energy goals are still in place. The pandemic has not changed the inevitability that more companies, countries, and consumers support renewable energy as a primary source of new energy generation in the future. Developers in the utility and commercial markets have recognized this fact and are now locking prices in for future projects, at historically low interest rates. Despite the uncertainty of when new construction in the renewable industry will resume, renewable projects should pick up again and continue to grow in the coming years. Whether the delays will last a few weeks or months, the demand for renewables is still driving the market. Well, there is an immediate downside to delayed projects
0: as a result of the pandemic. Delays may cause some renewable projects to not reach completion until 2021 which threatens the eligibility for the investment tax credit. Even though these federal tax credits were not extended in the latest $2 trillion aid package, this may change in the coming months as solar and wind advocates lobby for an extension. According to Wood Mackenzie Power and Renewables, the U.S. was predicted to install nearly 20 gigawatts of renewable energy, making up for an annual growth rate of 47% this year alone. Although it's safe to say these predictions are now off track, COVID-19 shouldn't influence the trajectory of renewable energy in the long term.
1: Now, I'm a fan of that plan, but how much more federal tax credit can we give out to everybody? I mean, it's probably me being biased because, yeah, oil and gas has received some of that help, but how much money can we keep putting out to every additional sector? I mean, $2 trillion and then some more? Yeah, and kind of like we said,
0: any kind of addition to this investment tax credit wasn't included in that 2 trillion dollar plan so maybe in the next round of um eight,
1: several trillion dollars printed out <laughs> yeah
0: exactly we might see something for you know the renewable sector i wouldn't be surprised if we did but the question is you know how much when's it coming what's it going to look like is the extension going to be through 2022 2023 again these are all questions that are kind of up in the air that we don't really have answers for just yet but Definitely stay tuned. We'll try and keep you guys updated on this as more
1: information comes about. As discussed previously, the global pandemic has simply delayed the inevitable. While the world may experience a priority shift putting clean energy on the back burner to ensure global economic stability, there will still be a desire to transition to clean energy down the road. Some methods for selling solar energy will have been retooled to fit with the post-COVID consumer. Customers were often marketed solar panels from kiosks and at stands at retail stores like Home Depot or door-to-door sales. But companies have had to pivot to more sales online and via phone. These methods have worked better for larger companies, while smaller players that are used to building consumer trust in person have struggled in the virtual space. The delay in many solar projects will also force a large uptick in future projects to meet clean energy goals that have already been set. Luckily, The momentum and growth of these projects will propel the sector to new heights. While the coronavirus has
0: made accurate projections on the growth of the sector nearly impossible, one fact remains clear. The world will continue to strive towards clean energy and solar will lead the way. With their contracts on hold, solar installation companies are eager to get back to work and continue the upward trajectory set in the past decade. Although delayed, the solar sector will still overtake wind to be the leading renewable energy power generating sector within the next 20 years and pave the way for clean energy into the future. So again, Tavis, another question for you. You ever been harassed by those um, solar panel salesmen at either, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's, um, anything like that? Yeah,
1: I like how you say harassed because uh, I was with my mother the last time I ran into one of those guys and that's exactly how she took it. Of course, I was interested I can't afford that right now, but I wanted to ask some numbers, some stats, hear what they know, and then they approached us. They said, hey, excuse me, ma'am, do you have... And she cut him off real quick with a, nope, kept walking by. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like those guys that ask you to sign petitions you know, outside exactly. the grocery store. Oh, I got a phone
0: call here. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, my mom doesn't do that. She just goes straight with it. Nope, and doesn't even look, keeps walking by. It's a great strategy because I, I too like to make up the excuse, but it's not as effective.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, those solar panel guys, you know, maybe harassment wasn't quite the word, but I just I'm at Home Depot all the time with home projects and just it's the same guy that always asks me and you know, I've told him I I said no last time. I, I
1: don't need the same information again. Yeah, and but like you mentioned, that's how it's been sold in the past and a lot of companies have been struggling on that. And one of the courses I took, uh I actually got to do a small presentation on this. And it is largely shifting online. There's one company in California that's actually making a ton of money because they have you put in your address and they have all companies in the area mapped out and based on where you live in the state, what local incentives you can access. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So it's putting the power in the hands of the people, but then again, there's not that human interaction. The coronavirus pandemic has not been too kind to most industries worldwide and the renewable sector is no different. Hardest hit in the sector was solar power generation that was experiencing tremendous growth to prior global economies shutting down and society sheltering in place. Through June of 2020, the industry employed about 188,000 workers, rather than the 302,000 originally forecasted, which is a 38% decline. The solar industry has also eliminated 72,000 jobs in the first half of the year, according to the Solar Energy Industries Associations, with 75% of the jobs lost in the residential solar sector. Such losses negate five years of solar industry growth, pushing the workforce back to a level not seen since 2014. All 50 states show solar job losses, with 36 states suffering job losses above 30%. Seven states and Washington, D.C., including large solar states like New York and New Jersey, have seen solar job losses exceed 60%. This makes solar one of the industries hit hardest by the global pandemic and subsequent economic recession. Ouch, 60%. That's... That's a huge number. Yeah. Despite hard times, the stance
0: solar has taken during this downturn is truly a noble one. Instead of pushing ahead when there's no real opportunities, the industry is taking a step back and putting projects on pause for when life begins to return to normal. Although many of these projects were required to be put on hold, the decisions were taken in stride. The oil industry should adopt this mentality. Instead of attempting to continue projects and produce oil at historically low prices like we are seeing today, Companies should simply put these projects on hold for a future of inevitably higher prices. The situation and outcome between these two industries is not a direct apples to apples comparison, but the thought process is instead of pushing forward when the path is blocked, take a moment to pause and reevaluate all your options before moving forward. Additionally, The solar industry is focusing on supporting hospitals and other essential businesses at a time when residential projects have seen a huge dip in installations. They are supporting the businesses that are pushing current society forward while putting residential projects on hold when individuals are reining in their spending. Although the incredible growth of the solar industry has been temporarily stalled, solar advancements will continue to propel the renewable sector to new heights in the post-pandemic world. That wraps up this week's episode, so make sure you leave us some comments on what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to see changed, suggestions for future episodes,
1: really anything. Just let us know. Speaking of which, the best way you can let us know is to leave those reviews, but if you've got something a little bit more direct, don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you'd like to work with us, if there's an idea for a segment in which you would really like to hear, contact me at podcast at rarepetro.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at rarepetro, one word, dot com.
0: Also, be sure to head over our website and subscribe so you can really keep up to date on this podcast as well as all the other content we put out each and every week, which we're ramping up. So uh, make sure you stay subscribed and stay in the know. But until we see
1: you next time, take care, everybody. Au revoir.